everybody. Welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. This is DeMarco Farr to my right. And it is October 24th, Wednesday, about 11.20 a.m. Pacific time here yeah. in Agora Hills, California, where there was uh, a plane crash, actually, yesterday yeah. on the 101. Ooh. Thankfully, that pilot is okay. Everybody is okay. But, like, that nice. was a very interesting situation to try to go home to yesterday. How's the plane? The, well, <laughs> uh, if you saw any of the news images, you know I did. I didn't right? know it was out here. I, yeah, I just man. got told it was out here. That's yeah. shocking. I read about it, saw it, and they said it was in California. I didn't check the freeways, but yeah, right outside the uh, the old facility door. Right huh? outside the old facility. Wow. So yeah, wow. uh, it may have taken me a long time to get home yesterday, but I'm glad that everybody Good. was safe. But yeah. the Rams are now seven and zero. They mm -hmm. have defeated the San Francisco 49ers 39 to 10 on Sunday and you know I'm Quite reminded cover it, defeated yeah <laughs> yeah smacked yeah. around right I mean broken in half knocked <laughs> unconscious <laughs> stomped <laughs> well I'm reminded of what you know you have said world star no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> right. no I, I always think I, I'm just thinking about how you've said that uh, your old coach mm -hmm. used to say this that good teams keep losing teams. Yeah, Dick Vermeil used to put on the board every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when we were on the way up about becoming playoff teams and what playoff teams do. So we would study those, analyze those. And one thing that stood out was winning, key, winning playoff teams keep losing teams losing. Mm -hmm. So if you come in losing, you go out losing. So that's exactly what the Rams did in San Francisco or in where were we? San we're Jose? In Santa Clara. Santa Clara I against know. San it's Francisco. So, it's really weird yeah. that, that Levi I mean, Stadium. In Levi Stadium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that stadium is not really anywhere close to San Francisco. No. It at all. Like we fly into San Jose. Like maybe telling telling the people too much, but right. we don't fly into it's San weird. Francisco. We don't yeah. stay in San Francisco. We stay in San Jose. And then we play in yeah. Santa Clara. And I'm not sure how many fans are actually coming from San Francisco to see the 49ers well, I don't know play. how many fans are coming into that building. That's true. No, but, I mean, yeah. you, you took care of business. Uh, you know, they're down. They're struggling. And you didn't let them. You had, They got life. They had life early. And then you slowly took it out of them and took control of the football game and just absolutely took them to deep water and drown them. Yes. Which is what you're supposed to do with exactly. teams like that. Exactly. All right, so let's start our look back sure. here with uh, three names, and they're going to be the same name, but Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, yeah. because that, that, that that's about it Might his, as well be three guys, what he's doing. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah. that he had a stat line that would be mm -hmm. shared among three guys in, you know, usually any defensive game. We were talking about mm -hmm. nine total tackles, four sacks, Six tackles for loss, Oof. five quarterback hits, Oof. forced fumble and fumble recovery, all in the same play. Yeah, and I, I don't think his heart rate changed, his pulse rate changed. Right. I mean, it's he's this is what he's built to do. This is what he's supposed to do. I heard somebody or read somewhere that he was described as a wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he was. I mean, he was there to do one thing, ruin everything they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever play they had run, and they had some – Nice plays going, but the one thing you could not do that stopped everything was you couldn't keep 99 out of the backfield. Nope. Yeah, it, it was tough to move the football when he's playing like that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, anytime you're seeing six tackles for loss, mm -hmm. which is a career high for him, mean, and this was a career day for mm -hmm. Aaron Donald and in any respect, right? Mm -hmm. He just received um, NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance, which, I mean, duh, right? Uh, like, if you can have a better day than he had, like against the 49ers there I want to see it because I don't I don't know how that happens. No, right? no, no. I mean of the week definitely. Uh, there was there was no one better on yeah. Sunday, Monday, Thursdays, that week. There was no one better on defense regardless of position that played better than Aaron Donald. Was that the best game you you've seen him play? By far. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, now okay. he's been he's been disruptive I mean he's ruined a lot of good game plans but I mean to actually disrupt and then make the plays on top of it and almost call your shot uh, towards the end I mean I saw something I mean I, I'm big on body language when you see a guy get beat by Aaron Donald for the fourth time mm -hmm. and he just stays on the ground looking at the grass like why am I here <laughs> you know like this is a, this this is impossible this is incredible um, it was one of the few times and it happens rarely but the few times where i felt bad for the opposing quarterback wow stop throwing the ball it, really yeah. go someplace else because they can't stop him and if you keep dropping him back he's going to get hit and you have a long season left to play mm -hmm. and this game is over 
Yes. Yeah. And, and it was kind of funny. I mean, the Rams did remove most of their starters mm-hmm. toward the beginning slash middle of that fourth quarter. But then when third down happened, and I think it was a third down in five minutes where Donald got his fourth and final sack, mm-hmm. the, like he came back on the field. Brockers came back on the field. And it's just, you probably, as an offensive line, you're thinking, I thought we were done with this, well, man. It's the numbers, <laughs> man. I mean, that's we were just having this discussion about deactivating seven and possibly expanding the roster. I mean, at some point on the offensive side, you'd love to be able to take Andrew Whitworth out of that game. Yes. But you can't because of the numbers. Right. You were short at offensive line. Well, the tackle was the same way. And Sue had to finish the game. Yes. Aaron did. Donald came back in spot duty. Well, if you had a true two deep, I doubt those guys will be out there. But this is the pay league, and you get paid for numbers. You do. Yeah, and there's no sympathy. So if you're just allowing sacks – at an alarming rate, don't be surprised if the best pass rushers still line up if there's time on the clock. And what was funny about that game, I mean, Aaron Donald literally doubled his number of sacks in the season in that game. So I think we went, said that in here when he was – when they weren't getting sacks. I said, look, he's – bunches? Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. get a three, four-sack game like that. He did. And he'll be right there. Now he's got eight sacks in seven games. Yeah, and he's leading the league. Right. That, that's how fast it happens with guys like him. So not only is he leading the league, but he's coming for you, Defar. For the, oh, the season total? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, season total, it's coming. I mean. You should have gotten it last year. So if you guys don't yeah. know this, and I don't know that people do know this. Well, you're going to tell them now? Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> because what? I'm sitting next to the franchise single season record holder in sacks for a defensive tackle. Yes, by a whole half a sack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, He's coming for you. That will change really, really <laughs> quick. I saw him on the way out of the building. Uh, in Levi Stadium. And, you know, he was – it's Aaron. I mean, it, it, that's what – his pulse never changed. This yes. is what he does. He's not going to get too high or too low about anything. But just watching the other people watch him, like, that was Aaron Donald. He's got no body fat. Uh-huh. I and mean, this is what they're saying. Like, you know, and he walked by me and I said, dude, can you leave me one record? Just one? <laughs> you know? He looks and goes, nope. <laughs> he keeps going. <laughs> You know? That oh, well, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Records yeah. are meant to be broken, that's right? That's right. You've had it for a long time. That's right. You and know? whatever record he sets. It's been 20-plus years. I think his will last longer. Yeah. Maybe even forever because I don't think he's done. By a long shot, I don't think he's done. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think if you have eight and you've got still basically – you've got half the season plus one mm-hmm. left. I think, you know, barring yeah. injury, you know, knock on wood or whatever, like that that thing's going to come down this and year. One more thing I'd like to throw out to Mr. Donald and his fans. Uh-huh. He has an offense that scores 35 points a game. Right. Yeah. Just saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that helps. It, absolutely. Well, it's, it's one of the situations where, I, and this is what you're going for, but like you because of that, it means that the pass rushers can pin their ears back yes. and then go. Right. And, um, and that's not necessarily been the case right. in situations in the past that Aaron Donald has played with. True. I mean, you have to take care of business early. I mean, everyone has a plan. San Francisco has a great game plan. I think they scored on their first possession in, I don't know, four or five straight games or something like that. So they have a great plan to begin. But you have to earn the right to rush the passer by stopping the run. Yes. Killing the game plan. And then letting Jared Goff, Todd Gurley do their business, put points on the board, and then all of a sudden it's all pass. Go get you some. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the way they always talk about it in the mm-hmm. locker room. And I, it was uh, before the Broncos game, mm-hmm. you know, because they came in, they were averaging, I think, over five and a half yards a carry, right? And the Rams were giving up 4.9 yards a carry. So somebody asked Aaron Donald in the locker room, okay, how do you have to stop Case Keenum? And what he said was, no, we have to stop the run first mm-hmm. before we even, even think about that mm-hmm. because we haven't been stopping the run. And the only way to earn the right to rush the passer is to stop the run. And so now yes. the Rams have done a good job of that in two straight games. And that's why they've been able to get after the passer like they have. I like the way they've been tackling. Uh, especially, I love this Mark Barron. Yeah. This is the Mark Barron we all know and love. Right. This is the guy that's a difference maker in the game. But great tackling. Uh, when they run the ball at you and you are singled up, you are the free hitter and you've got to make that play. If it's... For a plus one or a zero, you've got to make it there. If the guy spins off, bounces off, falls forward for three or four yards, now it's second and six. They have a chance to cut that third down even shorter, which negates your pass rush a Mm -hmm. little bit. So if you make the tackles when they come to you, now it's second and nine, now it's third and ten, now it's get after the quarterback time. So 
earn the right to get there. What's been interesting is sort of hearing uh, the Rams' offense talk about certain plays, certain mm -hmm. down and distances. So the way the Rams' offense always talks about it is, okay, if we're in second and maybe eight or longer, right, they always call those get-back-on-track plays. Mm -hmm. So that's where you always want the offense to be, is in second and get-back-on-track. So that, then that means that basically you've done a good job of either stopping the run or forcing an incompletion on first down. Mm -hmm. And if you can even get after the passer on second down, well, then you've just put them in even third and longer. No doubt. So that's, these things all work together. They work hand in hand. That's why yeah. you have to be successful on early downs in order right. to get that stuff on third down. Uh, you know, you're a baseball fan. Hitters count, pitchers count. Yes. Second and two, what? Call do you make as a defensive coordinator? You have, you've got a big question. You're mark. just you're just holding because on the, with both hands. Exactly right, because right. the entire playbook is open. Absolutely, there's so much they can do. They can take a shot at you because they feel they have a third and two in the pocket. Mm -hmm. So you never know. So if you stop it on first and first and ten, and make them go the hard road, eventually, eventually, you're going to wind up right in Aaron Donald's wheelhouse. Exactly. And you're going to he's going to have you right where he wants you. Right. When you look at film of him, I mean, what does he do that's so special to everybody <laughs> else? And I ask you this because yeah. you played the position. So yeah. like, and there are things that I see, and there are, sure, I'm sure things that fans see, but like, from that spot, where from where you sit, oh. what what is it that makes him so special? Okay, this is when it goes right over his head. Have you heard of the movie Blade? Uh, I've heard of Okay, it. the Wesley Wait, Snipes which... movie of the franchise, he's a vampire hunter. All oh, okay. their strengths and none of their weaknesses. That's Aaron Donald. Okay. He's as strong as any offensive lineman in the world. Mm -hmm. Most offensive linemen are stronger than the guys across from them on the defensive side. Yes. That's because they're big. That's right. what they do. They right. lift weights. They're huge. They're 340 pounds. So with Aaron, it's different. He's quicker. He's faster. He's 285 pounds. Mm -hmm. But he's also twice as strong as you. Yes. So... It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you give him a soft set, he's going to run your ass right back to the quarterback. If you, you give him a hard set, he's going to be by you. Yeah. He's got great technique. You've seen him working with the knives yeah. in the offseason. Right. He's got great technique, great body They were body fake wing. knives, so you sure to saw they were fake yeah. knives, but that's nothing. Well, watch the game. Watch the next couple of weeks. See how many times he actually hits the ground. Meaning? See like, how many times, actually, like an offensive lineman, can put him on the ground. Oh. Either throw him, trip him, do what have you. He doesn't hit the deck that much. He's mm -hmm. always active in the play. That's hard to teach. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do out there in the NFL. So he's always viable. He's strong. He's quick. And he's smart. Right. Yeah. If you send him a new blocking scheme or a new protection scheme, once he sees it once, he's going to beat it the next time. That's when you see the, uh, the, the body sack, I called it, when he throws the center into the quarterback. <laughs> they brought the slide to him, so he jumps in the A-gap fast before the center can react and then throws him into the quarterback and makes the play. Right. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see that. No, you don't. Often, yeah. You don't, you don't often right. see, like, quarterbacks being run over by their own centers from, you know, three Ever. techniques. Ever, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you do, usually the guy is 6'7", 325, not 6 feet, 285. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, was the, the strip play more impressive to you than that center play where he just pushes him into there? You know, there's, like, there's the, like, over the years, going all the way back to Pop Warner when I first fell in love with the game, everybody has this. You have few memories that stay with you. You mm -hmm. can just close your eyes and you can see those plays. That one will stay in my head forever. Where, where the strip? The strip sack. Because of how he did it and how fast it was, and it was only one step. It was mm -hmm. all in one motion. Rip the ball out, and I'm laying with it. Actually, he could have got up and run. He probably could have. But it was too quick for the officials. They didn't know he had it. Nobody knew he had it. That's what I mean. Did you know he had it? Like, where, where were you standing when that play happened? I'm uh, about 20 yards away, but I had a good shot at it. I saw Brita, the running back, go into the hole and all of a sudden get up and start looking for the football or start, like, clawing for it. Like, right. did he drop it? Do the Rams have it? And then Donald stood up with it. I knew he ripped it out. Right. I didn't know he ripped it out and kept it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Lawrence Taylor type stuff. It is. Yeah, that right there, and I know this is, we're a long way from here, from where I'm going with this, but that will be on a Hall of Fame highlight video, that play there. It should be. It will be, no doubt. You, when have you ever seen that play? I've never seen that happen. That's what I mean. Honest to goodness, I've never seen that happen. And that was the funny thing. I mean, you're much, much, much closer to mm -hmm. the action than I am, especially because I'm in the press box. But especially in um, Levi's Stadium, that the, the press box is the highest level and um, where the, all the writing press sits mm -hmm. is on basically the far right corner, if you will, mm -hmm. of that <coughs> level. So because of that, like, you really can't see much from, like, a play-to-play -play perspective of, like, 
okay, this is happening exactly with the All ball. Right. Like, the nice thing about it, to me at least in Levi's, is that you're high enough that you can really see everything and you can really see plays. See the All-22. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. It's like mm -hmm. watching All-22, but mm -hmm. live. I find that to be cool. But when that play happened, I had no idea whatsoever. Nobody knew in the press box there were, that something yeah, had happened. There were four officials within five yards of it, and they didn't know. Right. That's how fast it was. And on the I and was all watching, those officials had twenty years' experience or more. Yeah. They've never seen anything exactly. like that. Yeah, that's amazing. It was it was amazing to see that, and then on the TV broadcast, nobody figured it out. Yeah. So and so they, yeah. they even they ran a graphic. Oh of really? The two quarterbacks. Yeah. Was, oh I was really? Watching it back. Yeah. Of C.J. Beathard and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were still talking, and all of a sudden, I guess it was Kevin Harlan's like, I guess the Rams have it. <laughs> I love it. And then I they had it. to show a replay. Right. And the funny thing is, so um, uh, one of our, our writing intern, Clarence Dennis, so mm -hmm. he and I are in constant communication during the game because he's not at, in the press box with me when we're on the road. And so he texts me, I think Aaron's just stripped that. I think I'm the only person who saw that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they finally showed the replay and then they yeah. announced like, I, like, yeah, the Rams have it. And I, I was like, that's amazing. Well, when it happened, I had to pull the mic away from my face because I don't have a dump button. Right. Because an expletive came out. Holy blank. Yeah. So <laughs> they're going on with the play. And I'm like, guys, I think he got the football. Yeah. You know, and sure enough, he did. It's just, wow. Derek Thomas, God rest his soul, one of the best at getting the ball out. But that was quarterbacks. Lawrence Taylor would get the ball out. Leonard Little, who used to play here, would mm -hmm. get the ball out. But – Never like that. Right. Never against running backs like that. Right. That was just phenomenal. Right. A amazing. It's funny that you, you brought up Lawrence Taylor now twice, mm -hmm. and that we're not necessarily going to make this comparison, but Bill Belichick even last week was like, no, we don't compare people to Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, that was Khalil Mack and, yeah, right. LT. And, um, and, it's, and it's true, but, like, yeah. when you're talking about Aaron Donald and what he does kind of on a week-to-week -week basis, mm -hmm. it was funny. Nick Wagner had this tweet, and I, I copied and pasted it, um, but he said after the game, Aaron Donald's stat line is not even from a video game because there's no way to dominate to that level on defense in a video game when you have nine tackles, four sacks, six tackles for loss, and five QB hits. Video game Aaron Donald is jealous no. of real Aaron Donald. No, I mean, that's the stat line you may see from a guy in high school yeah. where it's a man among boys, mm -hmm. not at the pro level where everybody out is out there getting paid. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, tremendous. So it just... Go all the way back to the people that tried to start that little online nonsense about the Rams overpaid. Remember that when yes. they weren't getting oh, sacks? Yeah, that was like from okay. three weeks ago. Let me it do wasn't the very long ago. Let me do I'm the Hulk Hogan. To remember. Yes, let me do the Hulk Hogan now. <laughs> okay. Quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been that guy. Sometimes the numbers don't fall, but he's always been that disruptive. So now he's getting to the rock. Right. Yeah. And so again, you're not gonna see a defensive tackle get four sacks in a no. game very often. So you got to appreciate it when that happens. And still remain humble. Right. Come on, man. I mean, look, if anybody gets four sacks, that's caused a party. Yeah. That's a big deal. Him, okay, see you next week. Yeah. He'll get four more. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you know what he says? I still have stuff to clean up. Right, right. Really? Right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Uh, that's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sign so, the right guys. Right. Yeah. So that, that takeaway we, we just spent a lot of time on from Aaron Donald was one of four takeaways mm -hmm. from um, the Rams' defense. I like and, Troy Hills, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask, what was your next most impressive? Troy Hill, because uh, the bounce back, mm -hmm. you know, attacked versus Denver. Yeah. Came right back, stayed with it, and got one against San Francisco the next week. I thought it was tremendous. Read the route. Um, there was pressure. Quarterback threw it where he thought he could make a play. Troy Hill stepped right in front. That is a great play. That's how you turn games around. That's how you turn drives around. That's right. a great play by Troy Hill. It, it was, and it was actually Troy Hill's first career interception, mm -hmm. which is somewhat hard to believe given how long he's been around and mm -hmm. the amount that he's had to play um, sort of as this reserve corner role. But I thought what you said is absolutely correct. You see the bounce back mm -hmm. by Troy Hill, and then asking Sean McVay about that, he said he was really pleased. And it's not so that they had any less confidence in Troy Hill but just to see him go out and execute that, it does mm -hmm. mean something for sure. Absolutely. Look, there's a long way to go, and they have uh, the grand design of where they want to go. So this is not time to pout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to make plays. You're going to give up plays in this league. You're going to have to attack them the same way. Move on. One snap and clear. I thought that was tremendous. Yeah, the bounce back. I, I agree. Uh, but the John Johnson interception. That was a me. handoff. 
<laughs> that was a handoff by a 49er well, that's to what a safety. I'm like, yeah. He had no business picking that thing off. Yeah, yeah. It but. was good coverage. He was right there with him, and that guy was having a field day. Was that Kittle? Kittle, yeah. Kittle, Kittle, the tight end, who was going to be a problem for years. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a problem. But he's right there. It should have been a catch, maybe. Flipped it over to, to John Johnson right there. I thought the body control to roll over and keep possession – Great. That's Tremendous. excellent football. Tremendous. Yeah. Um, John Johnson, I think, is doing an excellent job this season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's somebody that we talk about. Two straight games now with an interception, too. Uh, but I, that is a play where he stuck with it mm -hmm. because at first he does. He tips the ball. Mm -hmm. Then Kittle kind of has it. And then, like, somehow, however it is, John Johnson sticks with the play, stays fighting, gets his arm in there, and is able to rip it out. That's too. two so guys just great. going for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, ball don't lie. Right. You know what I mean? Two guys going for it, and one guy ended up with it. It was huge. I mean, that could have been a reception. but In theory, it should have been. It should have been, and it turned out to be an interception, great for the Rams. But, you know, he's he's been great. I mean, a lot of the stuff that gets talked about, the wow plays, that's fine. But what this guy does is all the little stuff to keep the defense honest, lining guys up, being that extra linebacker in the box, mm -hmm. uh, not turning down a hit, whether it's a guard, a fullback, or the tailback coming out of the ba backfield. Yeah. He's a complete safety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more guy on defense definitely want to mention, uh, Corey Littleton. Oh, man. And it's wow. not just the defense. No. The special teams, as you get out your note here, because there's obviously yeah. something you I don't want to forget this. No, I don't, Corey Littleton here I don't want to forget this, because just because we don't talk about guys, don't it doesn't mean they weren't great right. in their era. He could be the next Roman Pfeiffer. He could be the next Donnie Edwards. Hmm. Um, we always talk about this, and it's the old adage. Get your lineman from the Midwest. This is from the pros, yeah, 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 college yeah, yeah. pros. Yeah. Uh, get your speed from Florida. Get your quarterbacks from out West. Mm -hmm. Also, get your linebackers from out West. Hmm. They're athletic. They can run all day. They're good in the box, and they can cover. And some of them are even Washington Huskies. See? <laughs> but as Donnie Edwards was tremendous, he never left the field. Roman Pfeiffer was tremendous in a Rams uniform, never left the field. Well, guess what? Corey Littleton's going to be the same way, never leaves the field. Right. Regardless if the offense is on the field or not. Right. You can leave him out there for special teams, as you saw. Yes. He can have a fantastic career. I think he's heading – in the direction of being the next household name on defense. What's so interesting to me is that they line him up everywhere mm -hmm. on defense. You know, you, he is the defensive signal caller, but in his history, he's been an edge rusher before. Mm -hmm. So they line him up and they have him do that, and he's still effective. You mm -hmm. saw him get two sacks in this last game. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily from the edge. Some One of them was a delayed blitz. And Great then he had another one. Yes, yeah. he had another one coming up the middle. But I think you've seen him do that kind of thing with the edge rushing. You've seen him go out, and he's been able to cover guys. Mm -hmm. And he's also, he's a pretty sure tackler. Oh, and yeah. And you need that from a linebacker position. And he's real smart. Yeah. He, he's a great uh, conductor out there on defense. Nope, we're going to line up this way. Hey, it's, it's a whole lot of talk. Nope, this is what we're going to play. This is, and we'll talk about it over there. You right. know what I mean? Right. He's, he's great at what he does. So um, as long as he's got the green dot and he can continue to communicate the message that he's getting through his helmet to the other 10 plus make plays, that's a, that's a great inside linebacker. Not only that, yeah. but then I think we have to talk about the blocks too. I mean, when you get three blocks in a year, and technically it's only two blocks. See, I hate this, DeMarco. One of, the one he got in one of the games, and I think it would be the Chargers game. Oh, when he got a piece of it? Yeah, when he got yeah. a piece of it. That only counts as a deflection. That's not a block. Okay. So, in my, But in my personal record book, he has three blocks this year. He got his hand has, on one. Yes. That counts to me. Exactly. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I, I don't know why we have two different categories. I guess block means go backwards. If it goes forward, deflection. Makes yeah. sense for the rules, I guess. I stats. guess. But, Fine. But the next time, if and I'm sure there will be a next time the Rams block a punt. But if it's him... If he blocks another punt versus a pro team, you all should be fired. The, the special teams unit Yes, there? there's more than enough video to tell that this guy can get to the punter. So you should assign at least two to him. That was the first uh, punt that Bradley Pinion has ever had mm -hmm. in the NFL. You mean? On, on Sunday. When punt Corey, blocked, you yes, mean? Yes, punt oh, yeah, ever yeah. had blocked in yeah, the yeah. NFL by, by Corey Littleton right there. Yeah, so right. it it's happens. Not, yeah, I mean, <laughs> clearly it happened, it happened to Johnny Hecker, which yeah, yeah. is weird. Oh, yeah. Even in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think we, we now talk about Corey Littleton a bunch mm -hmm. because he earns that every single week. But I think you're right about him, you know, continuing to make progress and just becoming that more or less household name. Absolutely. And there's going to be more wow stuff to be made. I mean, I think Donnie Edwards was a 23-sack, 26-pick guy for mm -hmm. a career. 
I could see Corey going in that same direction. Yeah. Yeah. What can't he do? Not much on 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 the football. That's field. he can tackle. He can blitz. He can cover. Right. You know. Um, now coverage is going to be fun. Okay. Coverage is going. I mean, you got some great tight ends and great quarterbacks coming up that this like to pick uh, on yeah, middle linebackers this week and yeah. the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So he's going to be challenged more and more and more, and I bet he rises to those challenges. Yeah. We're, we're, we definitely are going to see. All right, let's take a little bit of a deep dive here. Um, I want to talk about two things. Oh, boy. Okay. For, well, don't be nervous. Uh, but I, it, every time someone says deep dive, we wind up crying. Oh, no, we're no. not going to cry. We're not going to, like, deep dive emotional stuff? No. Oh, okay, good. All it's right. more like... <laughs> Tell me why you love football. Go ahead. Anyway. Why do you love football? Now? Stop it. Go All ahead. Right. Uh, I want to talk about the Rams rushing offense. Yeah. Because oh, Todd man. Gurley right now is leading the league in a whole bunch of categories, and he, I think, has become this MVP candidate. Carries, but, yards per carry, yes. touchdowns. Well, not yards per carry, but touchdowns, yeah. um, yards. Stingers given. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That one, too. Um, but the Rams right now, they're, so they're leading the league, and I'll just kind of run down these stats. They're leading the league with 153.1 yards per game on the ground. Mm -hmm. San Francisco is number two. Can you, do you know what they're at? No. 137.4 rushing yards. So you are leading the league basically like <coughs> 15 yards wow. in terms of rushing per game. Per that, game. That's pretty nuts. That's a first down and a half. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. So they're tied for the league lead with 11 rushing touchdowns. Those are all by Todd Gurley. They also have 12 more rushing attempts than the second team. So they have 218 rushing attempts to the Houston Texans, 206. But they are still averaging 4.9 yards per attempt. Yards per carry, which is much, much, much better than the Texans, who have three and a half yards carry. So basically, like I think right now we are seeing the Rams become a rushing juggernaut, and I don't know that that's something we really expected when Sean McVay took over as head coach. Mm. Uh, everybody preaches balance, but if you can just hand it off to your running back and have him slamming up in the hole for five yards of carry, I bet every coordinator would. Hell yeah. It's the easiest way to the goal line. But, I mean, give credit to the O-line. Give credit to Jared Goff and the entire offense because one sets up the other. You just really can't set your defense to either stop the run or try to stop the pass. Either right. way, you're going to get hit for a big play, especially when you're blocking like that and you're running like that. Again, Scored in, he scored in the red zone from what, eight yards out this time? I think it was seven. Si six or seven yards it was, out? It was seven or eight. Untouched yeah. and went in standing up. Yeah. And then another touchdown where he went in standing up from the one? Yes. Okay, again, fire everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean that as a joke, but you know what I mean? I mean, look, a running back going in from seven yards out, Yeah. kind of a goal line set. When everybody knows it's going to be run, this is tough, and he goes in standing up untouched, wow. That's either bad defense or excellent blocking. I'll lend towards the excellent blocking up excellent front. It was excellent blocking. Yes. There's, I mean, we saw it again, Roger Saffold going mm -hmm. up to the second level, basically getting two people. And, again, he's playing excellent right now, mm -hmm. and I think you have to especially give him credit because he's playing with through something in his knee, and we all know because he went out in the game a couple games ago. Mm -hmm. But he has been, he came back. He played tremendously well, I thought, no doubt. in that 49ers Give game. it up, Roger. You're never going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Come man. on, man. Hey, dude, you're an offensive lineman. Yeah, he's big smooth. He he loves he it. No, this is what you do. You're a big ugly. <laughs> You're a big ugly. You know how you can tell, we like, can't... every, every uh, like, Hall of Fame offensive lineman? They're always at the bottom of the steps looking up because they don't want to walk up the steps. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, hey, look, give it all up. And he's doing a great job. Tremendous right. up front. Right. Yes, they, they all are. But it's interesting. You brought up, you know, those two plays at the goal line. Mm -hmm. To me, part of the reason why those plays are so successful is because they're in situations where the Rams go no huddle. They go mm -hmm. quickly to the line. They don't allow you time to adjust to whatever the formation is, and they just go. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, you know, if, if you're an offensive lineman in that situation and you're running outside zone, it's just know your rules. Just just block whoever is in that path. Right. And that is what allows Todd Gurley to get into the end zone untouched. And their preparation. I mean, just to know to do that and to be able to do that without committing pre-snap penalties. These are so yeah. rare with this team, uh, yeah, yeah. pre-snap penalties. Yeah. And with all the movement that the Rams do from a jet sweep perspective and everything, you, you just don't see the pre-snap penalties that much. No. And it, that, I think, is such a good point. Like, that's tremendous it's coaching. Great, it's great coaching, great preparation, great execution. Like, I mean, it's, it's fun to say that he just ripped through the entire defense. But, I mean, on Sunday. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that 
play actually started on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yes. And then carried over to Sunday. Yes. So, I mean, that's just great prep. Right, exactly. But I do like how the Rams vary tempos, especially mm -hmm. when they're in that red zone. And that's another thing that I think it, it's become a topic, and it should be a topic, I guess. But the Rams get into the red zone so much that, you know, when it's like, oh, my gosh, like, why didn't you score a touchdown on that first red zone possession? It's <laughs> like... Okay, but yeah. you know they hey they got points and then you, like you end the yeah, game yeah. with thirty nine points and it's like I yeah. don't know I mean it's the hard Rams to score in the red zone it man. is and the Rams are <laughs> averaging thirty two and yeah. a half I think points per game right now they're third they're behind New Orleans and Kansas City fine right so and those are two teams that you're gonna see in the next month so that's interesting that's gonna set up right. interestingly but <laughs> however when you're talking about the Rams red zone yeah we'll put this in air quote issues right. Um, I think that they're more or less magnified because the Rams get into the red zone so often. Mm -hmm. They're pretty much in the red zone as much as those um, top two teams. And I don't have the numbers in front of me mm -hmm. in terms of Kansas City and New Orleans. But when you're in the red zone that much, I think that's just like, oh, man, they should have scored a touchdown every time. And it's just not – it's hard it's to it. do that. Yeah. But you also see then Todd Gurley is leading the league with 11 rushing touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like they're not getting into the box. No, 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 no. I mean, look, when you get down that close that many times, it helps to have a good running game. It's tough to throw the ball in the end zone in the red zone. Very. You've got all 11 staring back at you. Right. Because there's nowhere to back up. You don't exactly. have to. Exactly. You're in the end zone pretty much as a safety or a linebacker. So all eyes are focused forward. You don't catch a lot of guys in man coverage turning their back. Mm -hmm. So it's tough to throw. So if you can run it, run it. Right. Yeah. If you can play action and then get the ball into the end zone, that's probably how you're going to score most of the time in the mm -hmm. red zone. But play action only works when there is a true and credible run threat. I think Todd Gurley is a true and credible run threat. You better, <laughs> set, you better set your feet. I mean, even if it's like you, you see these gaping holes he runs through, but some of these other runs where he has to make guys miss or make the corner miss and then get to the corner, you're going to have to set your feet and get ready for that. Yeah. I mean, focus everything you've got to stop 30, which will open you up for the play action. And that's why the Rams, and I saw this set, I think, last week, and I, I wish I could remember the website I read it from, um, but when the Rams are running pass plays from under center, mm -hmm. uh, basically it's either 99% or even maybe 100% of the time, they have used play action. So you're not running a pass without the first play fake to Todd Gurley, which of course helps on the back end because it means all those second level defenders have to, have to respect <laughs> oh, the yeah. run. Yeah. Especially, I mean, like, you're, again, this team is leading the league with over 150 <laughs> yards rushing per game. Oh, yeah. You must respect that play yeah. action fake because otherwise Todd Gurley's going to kill you. What is that? Oh, is that old Three Stooges? Slowly I turn. Step, step by step, step, inch by inch. Yeah. It's the middle linebackers and the safeties that they catch on play action that are in the line of scrimmage thinking it's run, and then slowly I turn, <laughs> figure out where he threw it. Okay, yeah. now let's get in pursuit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's exactly what happens. By that time, oh, yeah. the, the ball is ball's already gone. The ball is gone, and you've, already, you've taken the bait. And you have to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have to because you have to respect the run because if you don't, he's out and by you. Right. And then you've got, exactly, so it's like what the Broncos did a couple weeks ago. And we had mm -hmm. discussed, like, okay, will teams decide we're going to try to make Jer Todd Gurley beat us because we're going to stop the pass? Broncos did that. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Todd Gurley runs for 208 yards. A very so, like, disciplined 208. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the kinds of things that are happening now, I think, with the Rams run game. I mean, I, look, your, your only recourse if you're playing against this team is you've got to get pressure on Goff. You've got to sell out to get there. Right. Which is scary because that's what McVeigh is waiting on. Because he'll put, he'll put a screen on you and then... In a heartbeat. And that's what Todd's waiting on, and they're great at it. So the, the blueprint isn't dry yet. There isn't a blueprint to stop this offense just yet. Right. Yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up in our deep dive... Um, the Rams' average drive star position right now is also top three in the league. They're third. They're starting just at about the 32-yard line on each of their drives. Takeaways. We'll do that for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's takeaways, and it's also, you know, the return game. Mm -hmm. So you see JoJo Natson on those punt returns and also the free kick return that he had mm -hmm. um, in last week's game. That puts them in really good position. Last week's drive start average at the LA 41. Mm-hmm. You're at that point, and I asked Sean McVay about this on Monday, and what he said is, you know, you're basically two first downs away from being in Greg Zerline's range, if that. 
-hmm. when you are starting with those field positions. And that means you're going to get points. And that's the huge thing about having Greg Zerline back that his range is so far and he's so accurate that you really don't have to worry. You just say, all right, we got points now. Absolutely. Uh, you're always in range with him, so it helps to have three points in your pocket. But, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't say that any coach or Sean McVay would eschew a field goal. Everybody wants points, but he wants touchdowns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all want to get in the box. He don't wants, get me wrong. Yeah, he wants touchdowns, and he hates punting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to stay out there, and he wants to score. Right. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. I mean, but having Greg Zerline definitely is, is – it just – it helps everything. It just alleviates a lot of stuff. Hey, we can take a shot here because we've got this in the bag, or at least a shot at it from here. So, it changes so much on offense. And remember this, with JoJo Natson, man – the Rams have an all-pro returner that's not playing. Yeah. Now imagine if he was actually in the game returning those punts. Right. Wow. JoJo's been fantastic. Farrell Cooper might have put two in the house by now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the that's probably the difference between your all-pro mm -hmm. and a guy who has done a great job Yeah. and is right now third in the league in terms of punt return average, just over 17 yards. What did they say? He's got pineapple in his diet? That means he's a pro bowler? Oh, well, that needs to make more sense when the Pro Bowl was, <laughs> was in it Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in Orlando. Now, now he's got orange in his diet? Never mind. Anyway. See, he's got a mouse. It, do it doesn't make sense. A mouse? Disney. Disney? Okay, that would be JoJo. Okay. A mouse. Fast. Oh, yeah. Short. Skinny. But it's like he's yeah. got a mouse on his head. Okay. Yeah, like, let's just edit this part and move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, let's just let's just start looking ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. To Aaron Rodgers oh, boy. and this Green Bay Packers offense and defense and their special teams unit. The the Green Bay Packers right now are three two and one. What a fun little uh, record to say. Mm -hmm. But they've gotten two of their wins basically from late game Aaron Rodgers and heroics. Game, yeah, heroics is the definitely the term that I guess you would have to use. Yeah, um, because Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the greatest quarterback I've ever watched. And even when he's basically playing on kind of one leg, he mm -hmm. can still get it done, which is amazing. You know, he's compromised, clearly, the knee, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so it's good for us as Ram fans and, and good for the team that he's compromised. It's bad for the league because every Sunday this guy does what other people can't do. Yes. Really. I mean, there's – Routinely. Routinely. His list of can't do's is very short. So no matter what the situation, no matter what the play called – he can execute that play. He can scramble out and buy time. He can stand in the pocket and go cannon arm and get the ball down the mm -hmm. field. He can throw screens with the best of them. He can scramble with the best. Even with a bad knee, he can still pick up first down. So, yeah, he's, he's pretty much everything. He is the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you look at it. Aaron Rodgers has been at the top of his craft for so long. It's mm -hmm. almost like you might even take it for granted a little bit, but then he goes out and then he has that game that he has against the 49ers a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football, mm -hmm. and he goes... It's like you, you see Aaron Rodgers get an opportunity with a two-minute drive, right? And mm -hmm. you're just like, ooh, ooh, this could be fun. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah. almost like Brady, right? You yeah. Know, I, I remember feeling this way in the Super Bowl last year, and even though the Eagles won it, but Brady gets the ball back just before the two-minute warning, and they've got an opportunity to go down and score, and you're like, ooh, Brady's about to do something right oh, yeah. here. And then, of course, the strip sack happens, and the Eagles end up winning anyway. But that's how you know, I was watching that game um, for, on Monday night a couple weeks ago, and then, A, you get the Beathard interception, um, and then Rodgers gets the ball, and then they go down the field and whatever. Mm -hmm. Then, B, they get it back, and then it's like, okay, now Aaron Rodgers is going to do something special to make sure the game doesn't even go to overtime. True. And that throw he has on the right sideline, um, and I don't think it was to Devontae Adams. It was to St. Brown, I believe. Okay. Where he sneaks it on the back shoulder <laughs> yeah. and like has to he the receiver has to go down and just make like it was yeah, yeah. almost unbelievable throws you'll ever see. He'll put him out there and only in spots where his guy can get him or I wouldn't say safe throws, but the defender has basically no shot to get it. Right. Yeah, it's it's behind your head, it's low and away, it's a tough ball to get even for the receiver. So he's been great. The one thing that's been different is he's getting tagged a lot. Buff is. Buffalo's defense gave it to him. Detroit's def defense gave it to him. So there's been pressure on Aaron Rodgers. He has been forced to be special. Mm. I mean, he has been forced to be that guy on almost every single pass attempt this year. Now, right. let's see how long that lasts. Right. And I think the game they didn't win um, with in that Washington game, one mm -hmm. of the ones that they've, they've lost, 
that game was where you saw Washington really get after him. Mm-hmm. And you also saw Washington control the game with the run game. Mm-hmm. So if that if there is a recipe to beating Aaron Rodgers, it is a make sure he doesn't have the opportunity to beat you at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and b get after him, which like any other quarterback, and stop the run. I, I love yeah. he's got three running backs, and to me they're like three pairs of shoes for him. I, I'm I'm dead serious. Thirty is like three pairs of shoes. Yeah, thirty is like that's the work boots. Okay. He starts the game. He's kind of the physical back. Yeah. The BYU kid. I mean, he'll yeah. bring it up in the hole. That's traditional. Uh, 88 becomes the cross trainer. Yes. I mean, it's 88 lining up in the backfield. Ty Montgomery, yes. Tell me that's going to be a run. Right. And then I'll show you a play action or a screen. Right. He's kind of the versatile guy. And then when they bring in the last kid, 33, mm-hmm. that is the play shoes. You hmm. know, remember when you were, you had play shoes, the ones you wore to the park? I, I like to call them boogie shoes. Okay, like boogie KC shoes. Casey and the sunshine. Perfect. Man. That's your boogie shoes. That kid... <laughs> is a monster. He Aaron is Jones. tough. Yeah. Absolutely tough. So he's got a three-headed monster. It's a running back by committee, but they all do different things well, and they all supplement what he does. So if you can somehow take those three guys away first and put the game on Aaron Rodgers, you'll have a better chance to get to him and stop in the Packers' offense. I know that sounds funny, but if you take away those three guys first, then you'll have a chance to get to him. It's, it's what we were talking about earlier in the show, mm-hmm. right? You have to stop the run in order to earn the right to rush the mm-hmm. passer in the first place. So it's the same, basically, with any team that you really want to do this with. Absolutely. You, you, yes. Do you, is, does it sound weird to say you want to make Aaron Rodgers beat you? Yes, no. because you know he will. But right. at the same time, that's the only way this thing works. Well, eliminate that first. And then, and this is what I'll say if you're Wade Phillips, um, you have to tell your guys to play the run on the way to the passer. It's always a pass unless they run it. And you're going to have to live with some of these runs that pop because getting to Aaron Rodgers is the thing. That's it. Right. I don't think they're going to beat you running the football. I don't think they're built to beat you running the football. They're definitely not. They're, they're, running, the, they're running the football to keep you off balance. So take your eyes off them, put your eyes on him, and go after the passer. If it's hmm. a run – redirect and make the play. Interesting. If it pops, so be it. Is Do you have to think of it that way just because of who Aaron Rodgers is, or is that sometimes a scheme thing? Well, the one thing I don't want to do when he goes play action, right, and this is normal play action if we're playing defensive line, when that guy steps and it looks like a run, my eyes go to him, and then I'm looking for the running back, right? Right. Okay, so it's play action. Now Aaron Rodgers is seven yards beyond you, right. and you're stuck on this guy. You're not right. going to get to him before he throws it. Right. Just play the pass. Get up the field. Everything's a pass unless they run it. Mm. You can live with it if they hand it off. Run it down, tackle it, live to fight another day. Okay. But what you can't do is let that guy stand back there for four seconds because he will find the hole. Right. And if you let him stand back there that long, then not only will he find the hole, I mean, he can extend it to Mm -hmm. like six or seven. Absolutely. Because he has that kind of feel for what can go on in the pocket. True. So I think we've talked about this a a little bit the last couple weeks, but in terms of rush integrity, making sure you keep your rush lanes, Mm -hmm. that's something you have to be able to do against him because he'll find it and he'll run out of it. I would just tell guys, look, you got to play your game. Be smart, especially on the edge. If you have contained, stay outside. Yeah. But – don't take any smoke off your rush because you've got to get there. If he starts to break down, make sure you have four guys at least pursuing to the ball. If you get him on the move, keep him on the move. Right. Don't let him scramble to set over here and stand and then throw. Right. Because now your secondary has no chance. So if you keep him move, if you get him on the move, keep him moving. What worked for the secondary last week that you think they have to carry over to, to this? <laughs> Ninety nine. Well. Yeah. A, it's it's easy. I mean, it's, okay. it's it's football. I mean, you're getting that much pressure, and your offensive line, they know they can't hold up. Yeah. So I bet the quarterback knows they can't hold up. So that ball's coming out fast. Right. Probably off target or to the wrong spot. So pressure denotes better coverage. Mm-hmm. Easy. So if Aaron Donald and company are wrecking shop like they did versus San Francisco, which I fully expect because, number one, you're at home. Number two, you're going to have crowd noise. Number three, I think this offensive line in the interior is comparable to what you just played. Okay. Yeah, so if you get pressure on Rodgers, the ball's going to come out. He's human. Yes. Yeah, I mean, any quarterback doesn't really like pressure coming up Mm -hmm. the middle in their face, Mm -hmm. so that's going to be interesting. Uh, One thing that is maybe going to be fun about this game, you have Sue going up against Aaron Rodgers once again, so that's something to maybe monitor. This is funny. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. Because I remember everybody jumped down Sue's throat when he stomped on Aaron Rodgers, right? Yes. Maybe... Maybe it's because Sue is just big and strong. Yeah. Okay, because I just saw Aaron Rodgers kick a guy, a really? DB that got to him, 
hmm. sacked him, I think, either sacked him or, or buried him okay. on a pressure, yeah. stood over him, and tried to walk over him, and Rodgers tripped him, and no one said a word about it. Hmm. Same thing, right? The intent's the same. Yeah. Yeah. You let someone get in your head. Just saying. Okay. Call it fair. Now, I don't know yeah. if all of these are against Aaron Rodgers, but Sue does have four and a half career sacks against uh, the Green Bay Packers and then eight QB hits, two passes defense, and seven tackles for loss. If so. I could pick a guy that I would want to sack Aaron Rodgers, it would be him. Why? Because he's huge. I want that body weight on top of the quarterback. You can't put your body weight on top I, of the quarterback. I want that body weight on top of the quarterback. <laughs> you want him to get a 15-yard penalty? I want that body weight on top of the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. just telling you. Even you if can. he tries to take half or take some off, that's still going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's still going to disrupt a lot. Right. Yeah, he can break things that ain't going to get fixed ever. I don't want that to happen to Aaron Rodgers for oh. the sake of the league. Well, then you better start the backup. <laughs> yeah, put Kaiser out there then. Well, that would be a turnover machine. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cleveland fans know that all too well. Um, when you're talking about, though, I think that the Rams – defense um, and what they have to do to stop it. I think Marcus Peters is going to be a big factor. I mean, and I was mm -hmm. sort of trying to get at this with the last question I asked you. You know, I think we saw, we've seen Peters now turn a bit of a corner, mm -hmm. would you say, in the last couple of weeks since that Seattle game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever happened after the injury, I think he's – just about through that. Mm -hmm. At least he looks like it physically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he never lost it mentally. <laughs> he right. was always that guy. Right. But I think right, he's right, through right. it physically now. Yeah. Yeah. And so that means that he's you can expect him to be up to mm -hmm. I don't know, up to par, up to his standards. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean he wasn't thrown at, if I recall, that much last week mm -hmm. um in that game. But you know, Aaron Rodgers is gonna take his shots. Absolutely. And he's also smart. I mean I, I could see the same game plan that Denver employed. Find one guy and pick on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see that happening again. Um, it just depends. You know, who would you want to see Marcus Peters cover for the most part? Uh, probably Devontae Adams. Probably Devontae yeah. Adams, which means there are going to be other guys that are going to be in one-on-one -on -one situations or two-on-one -on -one situations. But the guy I do worry about in the passing game is Jimmy Graham. Yes. He's, he's, he's still, to me, uncoverable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's not the best blocker in the world, but when he's going down the field at that height, who do you have that can cover and jump with him? Right, and that, that to me is going to be the challenge for some, whoever they put on him. Whether Marquis it's, Christian, yeah, Barron, whoever. John Johnson. John Johnson, yeah, absolutely. Perhaps it's Corey Littleton at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is definitely going to be a challenge because, just because there's just a height disadvantage. Inherently, it's a mismatch. No doubt, and he is a problem around the red zone. Right. Yeah, uh, it's like Gronk. When, when those guys get closer, the closer they get to the goal, goal line, the more unstoppable they they become exactly the balls in the air before you know it and they can reach almost 10 feet in the air to snag it out of the air so mm -hmm. it's it's tough it is it is tough um let's turn to the rams offense because in the last couple of weeks we've seen the passing offense maybe not necessarily be as number heavy if you will as it was in the first few weeks um, I don't know that that's necessarily a problem, especially last week when you get a game where, look, you get four takeaways, mm -hmm. and that gives you short fields. That means that you don't have to go as far in order to get in the end zone. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the biggest things you have to do in this game is play clean mm -hmm. because you cannot give Aaron Rodgers extra opportunities. No, no. I mean, look, it's, it's incumbent upon Jaron Goff to stay on the field to keep Rodgers off. Right. That's going to be the game plan. Um, trying to win a shootout or trying to go into it, and this is funny, man. As much as people try to minimize it, golf is going against Rodgers. Now, think, think about it in terms of golf. Now, it's a guarantee golf will never tackle Aaron Rodgers and vice versa. They're quarterbacks. Yes. But they are competing shot for shot. They are. Yeah. Uh, field position, um, time of possession, how many first downs you gain, how many points you score. They are competing against each other. So – the best way to keep the other from scoring is to keep him off the field. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to stay on it. So I'm with you. Play clean, play catch, stay on the field, keep the chains moving. Right, right. Now, you probably won't see Cooper Cup out there. Uh, McVay said that it could be another week, and we'll get more updates um, as the week goes on. But I, I just think that in terms of Goff getting the ball to guys like Woods, guys like Cooks. And then I think we even saw last week, you know, Nick Williams, the newcomer, mm -hmm. he comes on the field, he makes <coughs> a couple of plays. Josh Reynolds makes a nice 19-yard catch mm -hmm. to get the Rams down to the one-yard line. You just you have to have that consistency. No doubt. And you need to see Goff continue to take steps and continue to be accurate. Who didn't we mention? In that? Mm -hmm. Tight ends? Boom. You want to see more from there? Absolutely. 
Yes, sir. I mean, we said this earlier. Cooper Cup basically functions as your tight end anyway. Right. Robert Woods is now doing it. Uh, but tight ends have to stand up for themselves. They've got to create those catch and carry, like San Francisco did with, with Kittle. Mm -hmm. You've got to create those mismatches in the middle versus linebackers and make those guys pay. They have to step up. It's I, I get this question a lot, and I'm sure you know we'll talk about this on the mailbag, um, but it's interesting because when you have a team that is still scoring over 30 points a game, mm -hmm. it's like, wait, I, I mean, you know, do you really, really need that much more from the tight ends in order to take that next step? I mean, obviously, you do want some production there, but I think part of the reason why the Rams have been so heavy in 11 personnel is because it's, it creates favorable matchups for Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of why you are the number one rushing team in the league. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily see it as the Rams are going to use more 12 personnel with two tight ends and one running back on the field and, or, and you take a wide receiver off in order to maybe get more out of the tight ends. I just think if it's third down, maybe if it's second down, mm -hmm. whoever is out there, whether it's Higby or Everett, has got to be able to make a catch at some right. point. Right? Now, and, I'm yeah. not talking jamming the ball to him 10 and times. I, I don't think you are. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was just You're saying You're going to have to split those purposes. targets up that would go to cup between different positions. Right. One of those has got to be tied in. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's fair. Look, they drafted Everett in the second round last mm -hmm. year, and he has expectations for himself that mm -hmm. are pretty high. And I think even Tyler Higby, you know, he's done a great job of blocking. Both and, of them have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Everett has improved mm -hmm. in that area considerably. Um, but you want to feed him a little bit. You want to yeah. make plays. I guess, I guess people can misunderstand me when I say they have to step up. Uh, it's not necessarily them. Sometimes you just have to call their number. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're out there, too. Yeah. They, are, they are. They are out there. All right. I think we're about at 50 minutes, DeMarco. Any oh, parting shots? No. Go? God, no. That's it? 50 minutes? Why? Are you disappointed? That's that's all we get is 50 minutes? What? Is there more that you have to say? Let's go into overtime, man. I don't like I'm any just overtime no, I'm just we're not. We don't need to be the Cleveland Browns, man. No. Um, all they do is play overtime. The, the one thing that I, I, I just I, I push back against, and I love it, that the whole town is catching Rams fever. This is a great time to be in Los Angeles when you think about it, right? Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Dodgers, Rams, LeBron's in town. Even I've been watching LeBron James. It's fun, right? It it's a great fun. time to be. But, I mean, the, Lakers are on three, though. the pressure of being undefeated. Oh. This is where I push back. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Why? The only thing that matters is the Lombardi trophy. That's it. That's your goal. Right. Not chasing down the 72 Dolphins. I don't think any, well, I don't think anybody's trying to do that. And and you can become the greatest team ever if that's your goal without being undefeated. True. You, you just don't need the added pressure. The season's tough enough. Well, I think that goes into the one day at a time mentality that Sean McVay always preaches and I think has permeated the locker room and guys have clearly bought into it. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't see like the I think the only time that being undefeated has been brought up is when the media brings it up to these guys, and they start talking about, like, oh, are you feeling the pressure? Da, da, da. I, I just don't think that's what it is because they are basically going into it saying, we want to win this week. Our only focus is the Green Bay Packers and beating the Green Bay Packers. To get better. Right. Each and every rep, each and every Sunday, each and every time out, you get better, and you beat the one that's on your schedule. Sean McVay right. said this when he got hired. Our approach will be focused on daily improvement and daily excellence. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And that's why the Rams are going at or, or <laughs> the Rams are at seven and zero right now, and they are going for eight and zero this weekend against the Green Bay Packers. That was my parting shot. Exactly. All right. Let's <laughs> leave it there, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns kickoff. On Sunday is at 125 Pacific at the Coliseum. Good to be home, finally. Huh? Yes, it's going to be loud. Sleeping on bed at Saturday night. Any great. rapper going to be there? I don't know. Anybody going to be there? Maybe LeBron will be there Let's since the season started. Coliseum leap? Can we call that? Yeah, Maybe. Uh, to YG. One of the players will jump into the stands this time. Who jump knows? Stands, we'll see. Celebrate yeah. with YG. All right, <laughs> we will see you uh, with Rams pregame live down from the stadium at about 12.40 p.m. So we will talk to you then. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Between the Horns.